First John chapter 4, verse 17. So let me ask you a question. How many of you have ever tried to walk in love and it didn't work real good? Anybody in here other than me and Melanie? Did you know I would say that's probably been one of the most difficult things in the world for me is, to, is, is learning to walk in love? And, and when you start realizing that faith works by love, then it says in Romans that if you loved, you fulfilled the law. And so I think that would be important. But at the same time, every time I've ever tried to be more loving, I hadn't done very good at it. And I always wondered, God, how in the world am I going to be a good Christian if, if I can't even get past love is patient? Forget the rest of it. I'm stuck down. I mean, just the first one. And so, I mean, all of us have had this issue in our life until one day the Lord showed me how to do it. And man, is it awesome. How many of you like to be a lot more loving? All right, 1 John chapter 4, verse 17. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in the world. There is no fear in love. Perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. He who fears has not been made perfect in love, and we love him because he first loved us. Now, I read this scripture for years and years and years, and I read it this way. If I could just get my love walk up, I would not have all these fears, and I wouldn't have all these problems. In other words, if faith works by love, that would, that would help me with my prayer life, wouldn't it? So if, if love is the fulfillment of the law, and the Bible says that if you fulfill the law, he'll take sickness from the midst of you. So I'm thinking to myself, if I could just be more loving. And I read this. I read this. Love is patient. Love is kind. And then I got over here and read that, that perfect love drives out fear. And then one day... I'm reading it, and the Lord says, you're reading it wrong. And I went, how so? And, I, and as I picked it up, I, his love has been perfected among us in this way. There is no fear in agape. Perfect agape casts out fear. Fear involves torment. And he made the statement, he says, I am agape. I am love. I said, okay, you're love. God is love. He said, did it ever dawn on you that if you accepted my unconditional love for you and quit trying to earn it, it would drive the fear out of you? I went, one more time, God. I like that. Now, let's think about this for a minute. And I said this a while ago when I was taking up the offering. You cannot give away what you've never received. So one of the things that I found out about me, I was having a hard time giving love away since I had never accepted it. I'm still trying to earn God's acceptance, even though I'm born again Christian. 
I'm still working on my love walk. Why? It would, it would help me with my prayers. It would help me be a better Christian. It would help me. I'm, I'm at the bottom trying to become. That don't work. But what it would happen if we accepted that God's love for us is unconditional. There's no conditions on it. He loves us because he's love, period. Do, you didn't do anything. What would happen to us if it dawned on us one day that we're not trying to become anything? We read in the Colossians, we're complete in him. We read in Ephesians, we're accepted in the beloved. Now, wait a minute. If that's true, and God loves me, period, bar whatever I've done, good, bad, or ugly, does that make it now easy for me to return that? Yes, it does. All right, now, having said that, uh, we love him because... No, he didn't say love me. He gave you love. Go to the book of Romans chapter 3. Let's build a little case here and get us free. The, the Bible says you shall know the truth and the truth will set you what? Free. It, won't make, it won't put you in bondage to go to church. Well, if it does, get out and go find another church. Romans chapter 3, verse 10. Now, this is, this is a scripture about you not saved. Let's look at it. We're going to look at it. I'm talking about the you not saved. Romans 3.10. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. What percentage of you before Jesus was good? None. Not, now, now, now listen, because everybody seems to have a little bit of a, well, I wasn't all that bad. Yeah, you were. The ones of you that knew you were are better Christians now than the ones who don't know that. Because we go, man, I was bad to the bone. All right, now think about this. If it says there was none righteous, no, not even one, what percentage of you was good? All right, when it's, now listen to think about this for a minute. It says, there's none righteous, no, not one. There's none that seeks after God. Think about this. If you were not born again and you were dead in sins, you had Satan's nature. You were a devil. <laughs> Some of y'all go, uh, I know I was married to him one time. <laughs> now think about that for a minute because... We, we, have a, we have this thing going on today where people, everybody's fighting with each other. Nobody's, if people that are unsaved, they're bad. Yeah. You, you know, they, they need Jesus. They don't need, like she said, they don't need a handout from the government. They need Jesus. Right. So when, when, when Jesus found me, what percentage of me earned love? Not, Not any. It had to be 100% gift. Amen. And it had to be not because I was good, but because God was good. Now, I've said this to y'all before, and it bears repeating. The night my mother took me to the crusade, I was cussing God all the way there. 
Every other word was GD. And yet when I got there, he healed me. What part of that did I earn? Now, we talk, now see, I'm going to go in the fact that even though you're born again, you're trying to earn it. But you got the greatest love when you would slap stupid. I mean, you were the worst. You, you were the devil himself. And yet, even though you were, he gave you un, no conditions and loved you because he's good. Died on the cross, took your place, rose from the dead, and gave you eternal life, and you didn't earn any of it. All right, now, let's go over here and go to the book of Ephesians chapter 2. In other words, where's the list? Where's the requirements that God has given you? There aren't any. Why do you have a, a list? Come on, y'all. Why, why do we have a list if God doesn't have one? This is why, see, if, you're, if you and I are going to walk in love, you cannot give what you've never received. If his love for me is unconditional, I'm doing nothing except enjoying it. That's called amazing grace, right? All right, now let's read another one here. Let's read another scripture here. Say, I think our love walk's fixing to get better. Ephesians 2.11, therefore remember that you once were a Gentile. The word Gentile is the word, Greek word gohim. It means without God. In the flesh who is called uncircumcision by what is called circumcision, made in the flesh with hands. At that time, you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope without God in the world. Now think about this for a minute. What would it be like to be sitting here right now and knowing that when you die, you're going to hell and there is nothing you can do? I mean, buddy, you'd be doing everything you can to stay alive. But, but the, how could you enjoy your life knowing you're headed to hell? No hope. There is nothing you can do. That's not good. But that was you pre-Jesus. Now, let's read the rest of this. But now, say now. In Christ Jesus, you who once were afar off have been brought near by the blood of Jesus. One, the only thing God deems of value on the whole universe is the blood of Jesus. The blood of the Son of God. And it cost him his life to shed that blood because God views you in light of the blood. And the moment that that blood was shed and laid on the mercy seat, all of the mercy of God came on you. And God now treats you not only no condemnation, but he treats you as though you are innocent. All because of what Jesus did. Not because of what Jesus did and what you're doing. You're not adding to it. Well, Jesus plus 
You know, I got to get my love walk. You're not ever going to get it there. As a matter of fact, until you receive the love he has for you, you're not ever going to be nice. Come on, anybody in here ever struggle with just... Now, have y'all noticed that there's a lot of mean people? Some of you are married to one. And it's not easy. See, I can't come in here and say, you need to love your husband. I know exactly what you're going to say. You don't know what I'm married to. You don't know that jerk. I'm going to tell you right now. I already know what I'm going to get when I talk about love your husband. You don't know what it's like to be married to that. And vice versa. Let me make a statement to you. Everybody you know has issues. Including you. There are no perfect husbands. There are no perfect wives. There are no perfect parents. There are no perfect pastors. And there are no perfect congregations. Do you know what it's like to pastor a church? I want to give you a mental image. I want you to go home and find you a cat and wash him. You're trying to help people that are trying to kill you. That's why we have a lot of people that come to church and go, I'll just watch it on, online. I don't even want to come in. It's just, it, people are just a pain. But you are a pain. And his love for you was unconditional. There's no conditions on it. You have heaven because God is good. He have eternal life because God is good. You have a life because God is good. Not because you are. Could it be possible that since we've received that, we could actually give that away? Yes, you can. Because the war that's in you is in you because you don't even like you. You know, it's not enough when I do something stupid at church, and I do occasionally. On the way home, if I'm riding with Lisa, I tell her to be quiet. <laughs> Don't tell me what I did wrong. I already know what I did wrong. And did you know who the worst enemy in my life has been? Me. Oh, I don't need you to beat on me. I've been doing a pretty good job. Do y'all know y'all do it too? Every one of us in this room, when we mess up, we think, oh, stupid. And we, we, we wail on ourselves and we beat ourselves. We don't need anybody else beating on you. You have already beat yourself up bloody. And I got over that one day. I just decided one day, you know what? Sometimes I'm just stupid. 
Get over it. I'm over it. What am I going to do? Quit. What are you going to do? God loves me. Period. You know how, do you know the calming effect that has on you? He loved me when I was the stupidest. And he hadn't changed any. Now that I'm born again, he's not going, now that you're not so stupid. He loves you more. He loves me more. Amen. Yeah. All right. Let's, let's go back up here to Ephesians 2 now, verse 4. God who is rich in what? Mercy. Say mercy. 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 Because of his great what? Love, Love with which he loved us. Listen, how many people, when Jesus walked the earth, how many Christians were on the planet? How many good people were here? How many did he heal? All. What was he doing? Showing the true nature of God. And the only people he had trouble with was Pharisees. Don't become one. Don't you come into church and go, have you seen those people coming in the back over there? That girl's got rings in her ears and rings in her nose and green hair. I'm going to tell you right now, I ain't never been like that. Well, you little devil, let me tell you something. When, he, when you got saved, you were the devil. And you are where you are today because of Jesus. Don't you have one standard that God uses on you and a standard you use on everybody else? If you want the standard, the unconditional love, make that the standard you live by. Boy, are we good. We got a list of everything everybody ought to do for us. Let me tell you something. If you think somebody ought to do you right, you are, in, you are headed for failure. There ain't nobody that you know, marriage or not, that's going to love you like God. Nobody. You can get the fingers and put them up because right now you ain't married to nobody that's God. You ain't married to God. Your wife ain't God. Your husband ain't God. Your mama ain't God. Your daddy ain't God. And your kids ain't God. And they're going to disappoint you because they're imperfect. Hello. One of the fastest ways to you to get over all of that is to accept total unconditional love. I'm not trying to earn it. I didn't do anything to earn it. He gave it to me freely and I rest there. I wake up in the morning and go, today's a good day. He loves me. Go to Romans chapter 8 now. Well, I'm not finished here. i got to finish reading this, and then we're going to go to Romans 8. Look at this. For you were dead in sins. He made you alive together. By unmerited favor, you have been saved. Nothing but the favor of God. Say, I didn't do anything. All right. In the ages to come, oh, my God. Have you all ever thought about this? Every year, every day, forever, he's going to pour love on us. Forever. Because of the blood of Jesus. Take you to heaven. I heard one person that went, they made this statement. He's going to show you something new every day, forever. 
My, my brain can't handle that. God, you got to run out of something new. i got to go, I've seen that. And then another person said the angels that are running, that are swinging around the throne, every time they come around, they see a facet of God they never saw. That's amazing. So not only does he love you now, he, he can't. See, he's a daddy. One of the reasons I call this walking with God is this. He did it because he wants to walk with you. He did all of this because he, again, wants to walk with you. And we shun him because we're afraid of him. And there's no reason to be. The blood did it. He's not looking at your performance. You're looking at your performance. You're not adding to the cross. I'm doing a pretty good job. For by grace you've been saved through faith, not of yourselves. It's totally gift. Romans 8. Romans 8. Now, now, now we're going to get into good stuff. Now we're going to get into other people. <laughs> 831. What can we say to these things if God is for me, who can be against me? If God is on my side, what you do or don't do don't matter. I'm saying that for this reason. You're looking at people. They didn't do this. They might not can. They don't even have to. There's no scripture in the Bible my God will meet all of my needs according to Lisa. If I'm looking at her to meet them all, there's going to be a fight. Okay, well, wait a minute. maybe we have had a fight. If she's looking to me, there's going to be problems. Because I know last time I know, I told her one day, she says, I want this and this and this. I said, you're going to need to talk to your father because I don't have any of that. <laughs> Aren't we funny? Yes. We are so disappointed in people. They didn't do what I thought they should have for me. Maybe they can't. But it doesn't mean you won't get it. If God is for you, there ain't nobody can hurt you. Nobody, see, you, you ain't no victim. They didn't give me nothing. They don't have to. There ain't no scripture that says God will meet all of your needs according to the United States government. You know, in the Robin Hood movies, that's, that's, that's hooey. You do not have to rob Trump so you can have some money. I used to like Robin Hood until I realized he's a Democrat. <laughs> but you think about that movie, that's what it's about. And rob the rich, give to the Pope. Well, that's communism. Won't you get a job? Oh, never mind. Never, 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 never. All right, let, let's read it again. What can I say to these things 
If God is for me, who? And say nobody. Nobody can be against me. Listen, if me and God are a majority, who is going to stop God from blessing me? Ain't nobody that big. They couldn't stop him from rising from the dead. They couldn't stop Jonah from coming back. They couldn't stop Joseph from becoming the king. They couldn't stop David becoming king. There's no way. You can't trump God. So if God is on your side, and he is because the blood has been applied, there ain't nobody on this planet that can keep you down. Nobody. Nobody. So what do you do the next time someone tries you go? <laughs> they tried it with Jesus and it didn't work. He uh, kind of like came out of that tomb and I'm going to come out of yours. Now see this, if you don't understand God's love for you, you're not ever going to be able to give it away because you don't have any. But if you accept this, and you might need to read this every day for a while. You might need to open your Bible and read it out loud to yourself. If God is for me, who could be against me? Now look at verse 32. He didn't even spare his own son from the cross. How if he would give me a heathen from hell, his son on the cross and die on the cross for my sins, would he withhold anything from me? No. No. So you can't stop him from loving you. The only way you can is for you to get crosswise with people. You step out of love, you've stepped out of God. We're going to go there. So is it to your advantage to leave everybody alone? Yeah. No sense in you running around being mad at everybody. They ain't God anyway. That's your fault for thinking they're going to help you. They ain't going to help you. All right, let's go. He didn't spare his own son, delivered him up for all. How shall he not with him freely, freely give me what? All things. Everything you need. Say, I got God. That's all I need. Now look at verse 32. Who's going to bring a charge against God's elect? Have you ever had anybody jump on you? You sorry, good for nothing, low down scoundrel you. It might be true, but it ain't stopping God. I mean, listen, he did all of that when you was really bad. Since that hadn't stopped him and nothing's going to stop him. Nobody can stop you. Amen. Who is he who condemns you? Let's get real brutal. Why do you condemn you? Now, I'm going to preach on me. I can't preach on you. I have spent too much of my life trying to be better. I have not arrived I have decided to quit trying. It's making me mad. 
I'm going to unload on y'all a very powerful truth. When there's a war in you, there's a war around you. What is the war in you? The imperfections you are dealing with where you're trying to become. When I don't do right, I beat myself bloody. You do too. We all do it. Satan makes sure either someone's on you or you're on you. The biggest problem you're having is in your mirror. And you need to look at him and go, you need to lighten up. God's love for you isn't based on your performance, never has been, and it never will be. So why don't you relax and just get happy? Everybody's waiting on it. Are y'all out there? I'm going to tell you something. When I, when I started learning this, the war in me ended. I wasn't being bad. It's really pride. Boy, I got to be. I got to do better. I got to do better. I got to do better. What, what is that? What about thank you, Jesus? Amen. What about thank you, Jesus? Thank you, you died when I was a rascal. Thank you, you loved me. You gave me the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And listen, if you like you, you'll probably find out other people will begin. I'm going to come over here and preach. <laughs> and then when you quit demanding your, your spouse... Now, I have one good wife, but I'll tell you, she's not God. And I quit expecting her to be. She's got a few quirks, and just a little. Not big, just a little. But I don't love her because she's good. I love her because he loves me. Do you get that? We love because he loved. He first loved me. I'm loving my wife with the love he gave me. And he put no conditions on it. So I took the conditions off of my wife. She didn't have to earn anything. I took it off the kids. Come on, y'all know y'all got a list. They didn't do this and they didn't do this and they didn't do that. That teared up. Because we're going to get over into love one day. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love keeps no record. And some of y'all got records. I remember back in 1927 when they said this. Come on, get over it. <laughs> Are y'all out there? How many of Am I the only one in here? Am I embarrassing myself? This has been one of the biggest... This has been one of the biggest deals for me that I've ever dealt with in my life. It isn't that I'm a bad pastor. It's just that I demand so much from myself. And I had to quit. I had to quit. And one day I looked and I said, let me tell you something, you old fat thing. God loves you. <laughs> old bald-headed Elijah, you. You know what happens to people who don't like themselves? They eat more. 
You ain't never going on a diet until you quit hating yourself. It's called comfort food. Man, I'm so fat, I need a Twinkie. <laughs> Don't, listen, 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 this is true. You know this is true. <laughs> who is he that's condemning you? Look at this. It was Christ who died, furthermore rose and sat down at the right hand of God and making intercession for you to make it right now. It isn't Jesus condemning you. Who is it? It's probably you. Don't ever look in the mirror and say, hey, stupid. How dare you call what God called blessed stupid? How dare you? How dare you not love what God loves? How dare you not like what God likes? How dare you not bless what God blessed? <laughs> He's sitting at the right hand of God praying for you. It isn't him condemning you. So who is it? Well, first of all, it's the devil. Who is, where are the thoughts coming from in your head about all the people you don't like? They're not coming from God. Where are they coming from? They're coming from the accuser, the brother. Don't give him place. Yeah. Next time you see somebody doing something ugly, you go, that reminds me of me. <laughs> he needs mercy right now. That guy needs some mercy. And you'll be a lot more like Jesus. Yeah. Say, God loves me. God loves me. And there ain't, and there ain't nothing you can do about it. Yeah. <laughs> I like me. Everybody loves you, but nobody, people don't like you, but they love you. All right, let's go. It's written right here. Look at this. Who's going to separate you from the love of Christ? What? Who? Who? Who do you know big enough to stop God from loving you? You don't know anybody that big. Trouble? Trouble ain't stopping God. Poverty. Listen, lack of job ain't stopping God. Problems in America ain't stopping God. There ain't nothing on this planet stop God from loving you. So do you have a problem? You ain't got no problems. Let me, let's go over a few people. You remember David in the Old Testament? Saul, God, God anoints David and Saul hates him. What did David do about it? Saul came to kill him. Come on, y'all. When I say that, you, you got people popping up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> One of the worst things is that, oh, somebody done somebody wrong song. But folks, that's not racial. That's everybody. Yeah. That's everybody. So Saul, David gets anointed king. He didn't ask for the job. And all of a sudden, Saul wanted to kill him. Had David fought him. He'd have never become king. 
You don't need to fight him. That's not your problem. So Saul comes in the cave and he cuts off his robe. And then he apologizes to the man wanting to kill him for cutting his robe off. I I read that and thought, I'd have killed him. I'd have killed him and left him in the cave. Coming after me, I will slap you and your mama. I ain't put up with that. I ain't putting up with none of that. When's the last time y'all go, I ain't putting up with that no more. I ain't putting up with that. Yeah, you are. Because God putting up with you. Every day God go, I'm putting up with you. You go, hey, hey thank you very much. You go, hey, well, then shut up. Yes, amen. That's true. You know, every Sunday we ought to sing Amazing Grace and sing about the blood. Every Sunday, just sing about the blood. Sing a thank you for the blood. Who's going to separate you from the love of Christ? Trouble, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, sword. As it is written, for your sake you're killed all day and the count of the sheep for slaughter. No, in all of these things, we are more than a conqueror through him who what? Loved me. Until you accept unconditional love, your life is not coming in order. Because everything you do has got to have the foundation of a love that's solid. He loves me. Now, what do you want me to do? If you don't accept it, you're not going to give away what you don't have. And you're always going to try to become something. I need to work on my love walk. No, the love of God is shed abroad in my heart. The more I meditate on his love, the nicer I become. Amen? Amen. It's called being with Jesus. That's the secret. It's not not that big a deal. It's really not. We're going to talk more in the days ahead about walking in love. We, We need to. The world needs Jesus. They need us. You can't, when we start talking about love is patient, love is kind, I don't need you to go, oh no, pastor, don't go there. (laughs) Does God have a list on you? He better not. You in trouble if he does. Get rid of yours. Oh, come on. Always go back and go, no, there was a day. That I came to Jesus and he didn't bring up nothing I did, but he washed me in the blood and he loved me unconditionally. Thank you, Jesus. Do I need that? I'm always in need of something. Thank you, you sweetie. How many of y'all, this helps you? This one scripture, when God changed it in my soul, settled me down because I was trying so hard. And when you're trying to, to become, you're actually hard to get along with. I didn't know what the problem was. See, a lot of times people say, well, you're just mean. Well, I didn't know where it was coming from. I didn't know why I was being so hard. But I was being hard on me. Until one day I went, why? Why am I so, why am I so mad at me? I was looking at me. I wasn't looking at Jesus. And once it hit me, oh, my God, he loves me. Can I tell you all a story? 
Now I'm going to lose it. I am, I am going to lose it. Spiritual things have no time. So when I go there, I will go there. Okay. I'm going to try to do this. It's really hard to do. Oh, Lord. Mm. Right after I got saved. I was having a hard time with all the good things he was doing. It, it was really difficult. I didn't deserve any of this. And it wasn't just a one-time thing. It was every day. God was getting me work and he was paying bills and healing my body. And, 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 and I just kept thinking, he's going to find out sooner or later that he's made a mistake. You understand? When you grow up with nobody likes you, it's odd when someone gives you love. It's just not easy to handle. So for me, it was very difficult for me, for God to love me. My dad didn't. My mom tried. Nobody in school did. Do you all understand? You just grow up that way. And now you get born again and, and good things are happening and you're just waiting for the day for it to end. It's got to end. I mean, he's going to one day go, oh, I don't know why I put up with you. And walk like everyone else does. So I'm laying in my bed one night. And I was just laying and I said, God, thank you. I mean, I was just overwhelmed. I just said, God, thank you. I mean, I, 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 mean, I just love you. Because of what you're doing for me. You, you healed me. You delivered me. You've saved me. And I'm going to heaven now. And I, I didn't do anything right. I didn't, I'm not all that. And I just laid there and I had this crazy thought. I said, when I get to heaven, I'm going to crawl up in your lap and just kiss you. Because you're so good. And I had another crazy thought. And I asked him, I said, can I see you? And he took me to heaven. I'm standing in the throne. He's a hunk, a hunk, a bird in love. He's liquid. The river coming out of his belly is liquid love. And it flowed right through my body and right down on the earth. And I'm in there singing with the angels and worshiping God. And I'm just like, this is crazy. And he turned to me and he asked me a question. Y'all have heard me tell this story, but some of you other people have not. And he said, why don't people listen to me? And I nonchalantly said, I don't know. You know, I'm thinking, why are you asking me? I don't know nothing. I didn't realize he was asking me for me. It, don't, it took about 10 years to figure that out, but, it, but I got there. After he said that to me, he leaned over on his knees and he put his hands in his knees like this. There's a big green glass between me and him and I can see fire coming out of him just all over heaven. I, can't, I see a form and I can hear him talking. He didn't talk like we're talking. I could hear him in me. I know that sounds crazy. 
And he said, why don't people listen to me? And heaven got quiet, just got quiet. And I said, I don't know. And he began to weep. And he began to cry. He just started crying. And I fell in the floor. And I started crying. And I said, God, you're killing me. And he was weeping. And he said, why don't people listen to me? And I said, I don't know. And I got up from the floor, and I walked to the edge of heaven, and I looked over, and I could see the earth. And I leaned over, and I could see downtown St. Louis and a bank. How do you know? I don't know. Man came around it, just stopped raining. And I started hollering at him, and I said, you're hurting my father. You're hurting my father. And God said, you, he can't hear you. And I stood there with my back to God for a few minutes, and I didn't want to turn around and look at him anymore. And he said, well, you know you got to go. And I said, I know. I said, I don't want to. And he said, why not? I said, I'm afraid I'll hurt you. And he said, you will. I think everybody needs to know what he's like. Have I? Oh, yeah. Have we? Oh, yeah. I never knew whether that vision was a blessing or a curse. Because every time I'd screw up, I'd think about it. I asked him, I said, what'd you show me that for? You're going to show me that I'm a screw up? That was when I came back to this scripture because I was trying so hard to be so good and realizing it's not about me being good anyway. Right. It's always been about him being good. Amen. And that's when I lightened up. Sure, you've messed up. You have messed up. It's never been about you. It's about him. He is love. And that's what our Christianity is based on. For God so loved the world. Me. Once you accept that, you are so easy to love. Do you see that? I mean, I just think Catherine is awesome. She's probably got faults. Well, let me tell you something. This is a woman Jesus died for. Loves her unconditionally. This is my sister. Now, you understand? I'm looking through another set of lens now. I'm looking at her through grace. I'm not looking at her through her. I'm looking at her the way God sees her. What about Tiffany? But you're beautiful. This is, her, this is his daughter. This is my sister. Now I'm going to tell you what I see. I see a woman of God. See, this is a lot easier than we think it is. She got faults? Oh, yes, I do. Forget them. Just forget it. 
Zach, I'm proud of you and Amber. You came here, y'all were a mess. Amber told me one day that, and I won't use the word she used. She said, I'm a mess. And I said, you know what? You're not too big a mess for God. I love you. You know what they needed when they walked in? They needed unconditional love. Where are they going to get it? From us? How are we going to give it? We, gotta t- we have to receive it, guys. I'm going to close with this. This is your assignment. I want you to go home and meditate on how much he loves you. And I want you to get your eyes off of your failures and your mistakes for one week. Stop beating you and meditate on how much God loves you. I'm going to tell you, it's going to turn you around. Joyce Meyer said, I gave God a year and let him love me. We need to let him love us with no conditions on it. Say, God loves me me. unconditionally. Unconditionally. Now I I love me me. unconditionally. I want you to get rid of all your rules you put on yourself. (laughs) All of the things you think you should be doing better. And I just want you to go in the throne room and love on your father. And just thank him for his goodness. Get rid of, put the rocks down. I'm talking about the ones you're using on yourself. And the more you fall in love with him, you're going to find out the more you're going to love people. It's a process, but it must begin here. Does this help you? Father God, I want to thank you for this morning. I had the greatest opportunity of my life. I'm allowed to walk in here as a man an imperfect person and preach your word to your church, your sons and your daughters. I pray, Father God, that we get up today and walk out of here on a Sunday morning and realize that um, if you're on our side, that's awesome. There's nothing impossible with us now. There's nothing we can't do. I pray that if anybody in here has got the rocks on themselves, they drop them and put them down and quit, quit relying on, quit beating themselves. Your past is gone. Your past is gone. It does not exist. It's under the blood. Your future's in his hands. He's on your side. And Father God, thank you. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for all that you have done and all that you ever will do. And I pray that as a church, we again would learn to walk with you like Jesus walked when he was on this earth. In Jesus' name, amen. Honey, you got this. Well, amen. I want to say two things to you. Christians, if you want to experience more of the love of God, something Pastor Hankins said is show the love of God to other people. Because what happens is, is when you use yourself as a channel for other people, God blesses you. Many people want healing, but God's waiting for Christians to pray healing into somebody. And so that healing of God will flow through them. That's why they're stopped up. They're not doing anything. Once that healing, once that love of God will transfer through those Christians into the the sinners, 
the Christians become blessed. They become healed. They become whole. They experience the love of God. I encourage you, if you don't have Mark Hankins' book on 1 Corinthians 13, I was reading it yesterday, grab it out there and read that book every day. It'll, it'll, your love of God for people will grow. The miracles in your life that you'll see around will grow because of God's love in us and the love for people will grow. So if you're a Christian, I encourage you grab a book and, and meditate on the love of God. And you'll see that the, every, Mark Hagen says that the greatest mission God said is to love people. You will see the greatest blessing in your life when you love people. The second thing is if you're here today and you're hearing about the love of God, the first step you're going to need to do is accept God's love and confess Jesus as Lord. I'm going to ask our altar team to get up. If you want to be born again and you want the love of God, even if you don't say, you know what, I think I'm saved. No, no, no. Don't walk out of here and think. Walk out of here and know I prayed with somebody today. I'm born again and I'm on my way to heaven. Don't say, I think I prayed when I was young. I'm pretty sure I said, no, no, no. Even if it's good to, Mark Hankin says, it's always good to say Jesus is Lord, which means he's master, he's savior. I say it all the time. It just re-solidifies that salvation going, Jesus is Lord. It's like it does something in me. Just Jesus is Lord. You walk out of here today, say Jesus is Lord. If you never prayed it, come up, pray with somebody. We have prayer. If you want prayer for any other thing, Bible says two or three and get in agreement. I know we do this every Sunday and it sounds repetitious, but God's still saying today, you need a miracle, you need something going on, job, come up and just hook hands with somebody and grab in faith. And when two people's faith get together, one will put a thousand in flight, two will put 10,000 and just grab somebody and pray with them. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big Give Now button. Or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.